if you got to push people and try to manipulate them into buying your offer, then it's not the right opportunity. If you want to be successful in sales, you must sell a product or service that solves a real problem for real people. Ideally, you want to be in an opportunity with minimal cost of entry and minimal ongoing operating costs. Nobody likes to be sold, but everybody loves to buy. Once you've determined that you're in the right business, you need to surrender to your purpose inside of that business. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloop. And boy, do we have another exciting episode lined up for you today. Today's episode is Thought Leader Nugget, number 92. And it comes from my amazing, inimitable new book written with the great Perry Wong, How to Create a Million Dollar a Year Income. The Priceless Guide for Coaches, Consultants, Life Insurance Agents, Sales Professionals, and Anyone with a Big Dream. And we're looking today at Chapter 12, The Right Focus. Here's a couple of awesome quotes. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to find it and use it. Perry Wong. To double your income this year, triple your investment in personal and professional development. Robin Sharma. Now, maybe you're focused on your craft and in your field, but maybe you're in the wrong field. A mutual friend of Perry and I's is a very talented salesman. For years, he was in an MLM opportunity and was good at customer acquisition. The problem is that in the majority of MLM opportunities, including the one our friend was in, you don't get paid well for customer acquisition. Even though he had more personal customers than pretty much anyone else in the organization, he didn't make enough money to survive, never mind thrive. As soon as Perry helped him realize that there was a legitimate opportunity that would pay him well to acquire customers, he jumped on board with it. Today, he makes well over six figures using his talents as a customer acquisition expert. Here's a five-point checklist to see if you're in the right opportunity that's worthy of your focus. One, need. Is there a need for your product or service? Two, value. Is it affordable to the people that need it? Three, competition. Who else is meeting the need with their products or services? Four, cost of entry. What is the cost for you to enter the market? Five, leverage. Are you able to duplicate and leverage your efforts through others? Let's get into each of these points in some greater detail. Need number one. If you want to be successful in sales, you must sell a product or service that solves a real problem for real people. It's got to be a problem that people have and a problem that needs solving. If you're unable to define the need for that product or that service, you're not going to be able to successfully sell it in a sustainable way. The great Abraham Lincoln used to say that you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Don't try to pull a fast one on the people. Find something real and legitimate to sell. Don't try to sell a service or a product that people don't need. For example, the marketplace today doesn't need VCRs. That ship sailed a long time ago. No one needs them anymore. But the market needs devices like iPads, so you'll do a lot better selling iPads and VCRs. Amazon found that busy people wanted to be able to reduce the amount of time they spent shopping, so they created Amazon Prime, which made it easy to browse and buy and deliver products to people within 24 to 48 hours. This satisfied a massive need and helped them sign up over 120 million clients to their prime service. So is the opportunity that you're in one that provides a product or service that solves a real or pressing need? Or is it something that requires a hard sell because nobody really needs or wants it? If you got to push people and try to manipulate them into buying your offer, then it's not the right opportunity. And you won't feel good about manipulating or deceiving people, and God won't be happy with you either. 
At the end of the day, your product or service should leave your client better off than they were before they had it. Two, value. The key here is to have a product or service that is affordable to the largest possible market. There are products that people have a need for and may even want, but many of them can't afford it. A good example is a Tesla car. Lots of people would love to stop using gas cars. Lots of people buy into the message that electric cars are better for the planet. There's a need for electric cars, and that need is growing, but Tesla, who's the leading manufacturer of electric cars, has products that are not affordable to large segments of the population who need and want them. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of Tesla. I'm a fan of Elon Musk, but the truth remains that not everybody can afford a Tesla. But practically anyone can afford a Kia or Hyundai. And part of your job as a salesperson is to help the prospects see that value. There are many people who really can find a way to afford a product or service that they need, but the value isn't immediately clear to them. You, as a salesperson, need to help them see the value. You need to tie it to their need and make sure that they really feel the pain of their problem to the point that leaving it unsolved is no longer an option. Once you've established that the pain is real and won't go away by itself, and that they really need to take action to solve that pain, the value of your solution becomes readily apparent and the prospect's prepared to make a buying decision. As a salesperson, you also have to have a responsibility to break down the value of your offering into manageable payments for your prospect based on their earnings. For example, if you have an offering that costs $20,000, all paid up front, that may scare off some potential buyers. But if you can break it down to monthly payments, of say $2,000 for 10 months or $1,000 for 20 months, most people can accept that a lot more readily. Here's another example. Let's say your prospect is looking to buy a $100 a month insurance policy from you and he's balking at the price. You ask him how much he makes and it works out to about $25 an hour after tax. You can tell him that he just needs to allocate an hour a week to pay for it. That tied in with his need to solve a problem, i.e. not having a plan to take care of his family if he passes away unexpectedly, will make it easier for him to overcome his own price objection. Here's another example. Let's say your customer is a hairstylist and she charges $100 for each hairstyle she does. You can tell her that she can cover it with just one customer. Remember, nobody likes to be sold, but everybody loves to buy. Three, competition. Understanding who your competition is is a key factor in evaluating your opportunity. Ideally, having no competition for product or service that is in high demand is the best situation you can find yourself in. It's what authors W. Chan Kim and Rene Maborne call a blue ocean strategy in their book of the same name. That's when there are no other sharks in the water. You're alone in serving an untapped market that badly needs what you have to offer. This is in sharp contrast with a red ocean, which is full of other sharks going after the same fish. That's an ocean bloodied by competition. A good example is the life insurance industry. Life insurance is a product that many people need, but it's a saturated market. There are a lot of life insurance agents representing the exact same group of life insurance companies offering the exact same products and services as their solutions to the exact same market. It's a bloody red ocean out there in the life insurance industry. If you're in the life insurance business, you need to find something those other agents are not offering, but the people need. 
That's what will allow you to go into a blue ocean of no competition and standing out. That's what my friend Perry was able to do. Perry is actually a life insurance agent who operated an ocean, a red ocean, for 17 years. He worked hard, he hustled, and he was relatively successful. But it was always a grind working in a red ocean. It was only when he found a unique offering in the insurance industry that he was able to enter the blue ocean of no competition and massively scale his insurance business. That was the key to his success. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to find it and use it. Four, cost of entry. There are lots of business opportunities out there. The question is, what is the cost to enter those businesses and what is the ongoing operating cost of running those businesses? Ideally, you want to be in an opportunity with minimal cost of entry and minimal ongoing operating costs. Don't get me wrong. I understand sometimes you got to invest money in order to make money. That's just the cost of doing business. And I believe in investing in yourself through personal and professional development. So you hone your skills and become better at what you do. So you end up earning more and building more wealth. Best-selling author Robin Sharma says that if you want to double your income in any given year, you should triple your investment in personal and professional development. I absolutely agree with this assertion, and I found it to be true. But you don't want to spend or incur costs unnecessarily. You don't want to put yourself at a potential financial risk with big overheads if you don't have to. The key is to be aware of what the cost to entry and ongoing operating expenses are in your business so you don't underfund your efforts and end up failing. A sales-driven business like insurance or other financial services has a relatively low cost of entry. There's a requirement for you to get licensed in insurance, and that involves spending both time and money. There's also some time required to get up to speed on all the products and their benefits as well as pricing. There are also some marketing costs involved, such as social media advertising, personal branding, websites, logos, podcasts, etc. But these are all comparatively minimal costs, and they're required in practically all industries. Now, in contrast, a manufacturing or product business can have huge barriers to entry. Upfront costs of setting up manufacturing plants can run into the millions, if not the billions. The amount of labor required is very high, and the monthly overheads are insane. Even a small manufacturing business will cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I know a local high-end knife manufacturer, and I've taken an extensive tour of their facility. The equipment they have is very specialized. They use a Swiss-made lathe to smooth out the blades, and the cost of that single unit was well over a million dollars. Then they had to train their staff to work the lathe, and it was complicated and time-consuming to do so. Their shop is 5,000 square feet, and their monthly overhead is well over $100,000. Don't get me wrong, they do very well. But if you or I were to try to duplicate their success, we'd need at least $5 million up front and to find trained personnel and pay them very, very well. Five, leverage. Leverage is about being able to duplicate your efforts and grow your business exponentially. If your business is reliant just on you, you don't have a business, you just have a J-O-B, and the only difference between this J-O-B and a regular J-O-B is that you're your own boss, but you don't have leverage and you can't scale. To obtain true financial freedom, you need leverage. You need to be able to scale. You need to be able to have others on your team or to leverage technology in a way that maximizes your profits and minimizes your efforts. Perry's been able to use the principle of leverage to grow his team to 200 agents. He not only makes money when he onboards new customers, he also makes money when his team onboards new customers. When he's on vacation, his team members are still working and earning money for themselves and for him. That's the beauty of creating a leveraged business model. 
The great W. Clement Stone got started in the insurance business in his 20s. Initially, he just sold insurance by himself and he made quite a decent living at it. But it was when he realized that he could scale his efforts by bringing on others that his business took off and he created a multi-billion dollar insurance business empire. So in summary, the ideal business opportunity checks off all five points. You don't want to be in a business that doesn't check off any of the five points. We recommend that you be in an opportunity that checks off at least four of the five points to maximize your potential for success. The ideal business is one that addresses a huge need in the marketplace, offers good value to consumers, has little to no competitors, has few costs to entry, and has the potential for leverage and scale. Once you've determined that you're in the right business, you need to surrender to your purpose inside of that business. Champion performers all surrender to their purpose. A champion is willing to surrender to his or her mentor and to the demands of his or her craft or business. Surrendering to purpose is like surrendering to love. Both elevate you and bring you untold benefits. Once you've picked your opportunity, you must have a vision. Your vision needs to be crystal clear. You must have a well thought out and written set of goals inside of that vision. And then you surrender to that vision and act on a daily basis to cause victory. Any action not in line with your vision needs to stop immediately. Tiger Woods, back when he was the best golfer in the world, decided that his golf swing wasn't good enough. Remember, he was so dominant at the time that he was winning virtually every tournament that he entered. He was the best in the world and many people were saying that he could become the greatest of all time. And yet he felt his game was lacking, so he hired the best swing coach in the world and he had him break down his swing and build it back up again. Initially, when he did this, he struggled. He wasn't as dominant as he used to be, but he stuck with it and focused on his vision to become an even better and more dominant golfer. Eventually, his work paid off and he regained his dominant winning form. In fact, he became even better and more dominant. When you're clear on your business and your purpose within it, ask yourself how you can remake your game so that you can elevate it. That's a conversation worth having with yourself. You may have been a successful salesperson in your previous business, just like Perry was. But becoming the very best salesperson in your new business may require you to elevate your skills and take on new activities that you aren't yet used to. Take it on. Be willing to be uncomfortable. Be willing to pay the price. Be willing to win. You can do it. Go for it. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing episode, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this episode. And to find out more about the incredible topics that we talked about today, go to Amazon, pick up a copy of the book, How to Create a Million Dollar a Year Income by Nikki Ballou and Perry Wong. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.